Welcome to Sales Boost, the Mercury International Podcast. Each episode presents one topic, one expert, taking a fresh perspective on the issues that are changing the face of modern sales. We're joined again this week by Marcus Yenes, who is responsible for Mercury Research and the Marketing Director for Mercury International in Sweden. In the last episode, we had a brief overview of the topic of sales management, what it is and what good sales management looks like. And in this episode, we're going to be taking a bit of a more kind of granular look at the topic and discussing where we've been with sales management, where we are today, and have some educated guesses as to where we're going in the future. Welcome again, Marcus. Thank you. So I guess in terms of linear narrative, we should start in the past and work forward to the future. But what do you think has changed? What are the biggest changes in the field of sales management, say, over the last five to 10 years? I think perhaps the most the central change is the direct access to data. So if you compare... I know a lot of uh, sales teams and sales organizations still have these presentations of sales figures, a weekly or monthly meeting. But today, there's near, really no reason to, to work that way anymore because you have constant access to the sales figures all the time, which means that you can take a lot of effort away from gathering, analyzing, and, and feeding back sales data to, to the sales reps. A lot of that can be done automatically, instantly, in real time. And that also opens up a lot of new opportunities. So it has the opportunity to, to free up a lot of time. And it also uh, brings uh, opportunities to, to learn more about the way you perform in your sales organization. So I would say that that's um, really at the center of this transformation. You can speak about digitalization, AI, but, but at the center is really the, the, the direct access to, to data. Um, and, and also meaningful data, I suppose. So rather than just here are reams and reams of paperwork, which have always been there, but actually how you can interpret them. Right. At the same time, as that's the challenge today, I think that what we have got is that uh, we have these uh, huge amounts of, of data. Everybody's aware of it. Um, in most cases, we have, we have the, the, the software, the applications in place. And then the challenge is still, of course, to make this um, understandable, accessible, and actionable. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not a problem that's unique to sales. It's this idea of you know, the silification of data, the, the sheer amount of big data. Um, you know, everything's out there, everything's knowable, but it's this joining the dots and finding context. Right. And, and I guess, I mean, so the sales manager function has changed significantly because of that, as in they are moving to a more analytical process rather than a managerial one? Or Yeah, I would say so. The, the, the conditions have changed, perhaps uh, maybe not the, the activities of sales management or uh, the people that are put into sales management positions or the, the resources that they are given uh, access to. But the, the conditions have changed um, uh, quite radically, yes. And, and it's changing the way they approach the tasks as well, I assume. Gradually, yes. Oh. But I think still there's, there's a hesitancy. There's a bit of a knowledge and, and, and competence gap that, that, that limits many people in, in sales management positions from, from actually getting leverage on on these new opportunities, mm. I suppose that um, I mean it's 
it's something that's been evolving in technological disruption and, and different tools, but obviously it's been accelerated over the last 18 months or so, is this idea of a more remote relationship between, well, between all, all workers, but I guess particularly between managers and, and their sales executives. So how today does a good sales manager approach that kind of technological problem? As in, is it a problem or, or is it an opportunity? to have this remote relationship with your staff? I think uh, that's, that's a really an, an interesting, interesting question. I think basically sales is one of the, the areas that one of the functions that is eas the, the easiest to manage remotely on one hand, because it's, it's one of the, it's maybe the function in, in the firm that has the clearest performance indicators, you know, exactly how uh, people perform. And by that, it's also much easier to work with goal-directed leadership, which has been a conclusion after the, the whole COVID-19 uh, crisis that managing remotely puts a lot more pressure in management in all functions to set clear targets and, and to manage performance uh, based upon these targets. For those that do not have clear performance indicators, you create a lot of insecurity, both for uh, employees and also for managers on how you are actually uh, performing, how are things going and so on. So yes, I would say it's easier for sales than many others to manage remotely. But not without challenges, of course. But then again, that puts increased pressure on establishing really clear KPIs for your sales teams, so they understand the the expectation if they then are working remotely. Right, and but I would say that that typically uh, it, they have those tools uh, at their hands. So, but then the question is, what do you do with remote uh, with remote interaction? How do you use the the remote interaction mm. with your sales reps? And Again, then it's, um, I would say that it's okay. It's a new situation. It's harder to communicate and interact over distance, but, but the same, the same thing holds as for when we were managing sales reps in a face-to-face -face environment that most of sales management, the, the interaction with sales reps should be devoted to coaching, to looking at their performance, discussing how to improve it, how to get going and move on with specific deals, basically to, to, to help them improve in every step of the, the sales process. I think perhaps sometimes still too much time is, is devoted also in, in, in Teams meetings and distance mm. interactions to just repeating or looking at sales figures. That really, that's something that could be uh, communicated anyhow. And then the, the distance interaction should be spent on on coaching and um, helping the, the sales reps uh, improve. Because, yeah, it must be at one level harder to maintain that personal interaction in terms of the idea of motivating and encouraging and supporting. So obviously you can have the, the, the exchange of information via a Zoom call, I mean, or an email, that's not a problem, but it's that the idea of like, say, uh, a, a chance encounter in the hallway or just an encouraging word occasionally. Yeah. So of course, that's lost. So, so you lose you lose the, the the personal touch, and the, the the engagement and the commitment that comes with that. But there's not so much we can do about that. You also lose that, that kind of sort of personal feedback from your from from your coworkers. So the sales rep doesn't they don't drive each other to the same extent. I, I would say that's one year one year ago. Mm. But 
on the other hand, then I think there are you, you have to think about what what do you do with time then? What do you do with your with, with your teams meeting in order to add value to your sales reps? And I think there are a lot of things you can do that adds value besides the, the commitment, the engagement. For example, helping them, them solve problems. Looking at, let's say you have a discussion around a specific, maybe you ask questions about whether they've um, gone through all the milestones. Have you found out all the real stakeholders? Have you done your, your social selling tactics and so on? You can come up with ideas and, and check on uh, whether everything has been done in order to move the deal forward. So, and, and I think that usually in my experience is that that adds a, a lot of value, even though it might not be perhaps the most uh, uh, the most uh, fun and inspiring uh, uh, <laughs> stage appearance. Uh, but the, the assisting in the problem solving uh, in the problem solving of your sales reps, you, you, you can still add a lot of value at a distance, I think. And presumably a lot of it's to do with the, the preparation stage. So like you said, it's having the milestones, it's having that clearly defined structure right. so that if they are working independently and remotely, at least they know which boxes they should be ticking yeah, and correct. you can then ensure they're doing so. So basically preparing ahead of time. So that's where we are today. And obviously the, the last 18 months are challenging and I, I will not use that you know, unprecedented word again, but it's to me, it's just acted as an accelerant for what was already a trend happening, that basically we are moving to a more remote data-driven world. And that's an, an inevitable truth. But how far does this trend continue? What, what do we need to be prepared for that's coming around the core? As in, how is this trend of remote working evolving? And how do we prepare for it as, as sales managers? I think there, there are boring answer perhaps, but there are multiple answers to that. I, I think well, there are multiple questions inside. So, <laughs> yeah. so I think one thing concerns what, what is the share of sales that will remain personal, built on the personal interaction between salesperson and the buyer uh, or buyers. And I think definitely what, what we are uh, facing is that that share will decrease further because both in, in B2B and B2C, people have further discovered uh, that there are a lot of purchases, a lot of buys that they can actually perform without interacting with a salesperson. I, I would say that we're facing more automatization of sales, more transactional sales, more, more e-commerce on one hand. Looking at the, the share that still remains, the, the type of sales that still builds on personal interaction, I, I think we will, we will not continue working 100% of the distance. But I think in, in the future, we will be much more careful about which steps of the sales process, which parts of the interaction with the customer we, we do face-to-face -face personal, which one we do at a distance remotely, or perhaps even automatize the digital passively, yes. right and and then it's again back to what i said in the in the first episode looking at your sales process the steps that uh, you need to take the customer through perhaps it's not i think what we will see is that it's not productive to always work face to face a lot of our when we look at our customers now one uh, uh, sort of immediate uh, conclusion has been the, the distance interactions is really good for the first steps in the sales process. You can save, save a lot of time in the establishment of new customer relationships by perhaps uh, limiting the, the, the amount of personal interaction and using web meetings instead of face-to-face -face meetings. But, but then again, if you work in, in complex sales, it's, uh, 
you can also see the limitations as you move the customer and the deal forward that sometimes um, there are also limitations to, to distance or remote interactions that I think will limit remote interactions in the future as well. So I, I think we will, of course, see going back to personal interactions, but not 100%. And we will not see 100% remote interactions either. I guess that, that touches on the idea of, kind of issues like you know, value-based selling, as in that when we're talking more complex sales, that the sales executive goes from merely selling a product to actually understanding the customer's needs. And at that point, I guess that personal engagement is crucial to actually really get a good understanding of how they can help the customer, not just sell them product X. Yeah. And if, if you take value-based value um, selling or different approaches at, at solutions, selling solutions, what what you need to keep in mind is that in order to, to find out the value for the customer, you need to have a really tight interaction, uh, understand all the, the, the cues and, and everything that the customer says in, in a proper manner, being able to create a common understanding. And it's, it's not impossible, but it's harder to do at the, at the distance. I mean, I, I guess I can understand how the, the role of the, the sales representative is going to change as in the, the ratio of remote or face-to-face interactions with the customer. That makes complete sense. How does the role of the sales manager have to evolve on the back of that? Um, does it become a more data-driven process then? And just analyzing what the sales representative is doing? I think part of this, the same thing holds for, holds for, for sales management, that I think we will be a bit more careful about how we use our time. It seems when it's reasonable to spend time uh, at the office uh, when you um, or when you can work at a distance. What what type of activities do you do, do you perform at the office in face to face interactions? What can you do easier at a distance? I think that's that's a change in the way sales managers interact with their their sales reps that we can that we can expect to be to be. I think we have become a a lot smarter about how we use our time during this uh, this past year it seems more valuable yes <laughs> right <laughs> certainly right so we've broken a lot of habits during and, and not all of the, these habits were were productive or, or good so so there's actually a real opportunity then to reevaluate what we what we mean by sales management and what we mean by by sales in a way and how we actually approach the whole topic definitely definitely even though of course some some things have become harder the past year, like if I say that more sales management time should be spent at uh, coaching your salespeople, mm. at the same time, interaction with the salespeople in complex matters has become harder. But uh, hopefully, uh, we can have the, the opportunity to choose now and have access to, to personal interactions again. And, and then we can put the right activities in the, in the sort of right channel. So there is a continuing role for the sales manager. It's just an evolving one then. Very much so, I think. And, and especially for the smarter sales manager who can sort of prove their value. Those who have managed to prove their value in, in these times, the, the past years, definitely have a future. How, how do you think the smarter ones have proven their value? Is it, I, mean, I suppose in, in simple terms, it's the survival of a business and continued growth. But are there other ways one can measure that? I, I think you could uh, look at how you can ask the sales reps what value they, they get out of, of interactions with their uh, with their managers, and I think there's a difference there. 
between pure reporting, sending figures, figures back and forth to those who really engage in, in problem solving around concrete or current sales deals, discussing and working with the pipeline. I mean, there's, there's a lot of research around the link between feedback in terms of both positive and negative criticism and ongoing kind of employee productivity and well-being and a sense of you know, worth. With this idea of being increasingly remote and less personal interactions, how would a sales manager kind of best give negative feedback to a, a sales representative in terms of without demoralizing them? Rather than, because obviously it's an, if it's an email, it could be a bit impersonal. I mean, well, there are some sort of different recipes uh, to that. But sort of from an emotional perspective, I always, in order to sort of put things in uh, in good soil, I think it's always uh, <laughs> that's a really easy tip to to use the hamburger method. You yeah. you start out with with something nice, then you you give your your negative feedback in the middle, and then you finish off with with something nice as well. But besides that, I think the shouldn't speak about ne- negative feedback. You should you, feedback should be constructive. Yeah. So you should uh, look at how is performance compared to set targets compared to quota, and then discuss what are the reasons for, for not meeting the targets, either on, an, on a comprehensive level or when it comes to specific deal. Why isn't this deal moving forward? Why didn't we close this and that? What were the reasons? What could we do different? And so on. One, besides coaching, another uh, sales management activity that we've found in, in research to be um, very decisive for sales performance is to the... Uh, the extent to which you perform win and loss analysis. Do you examine the reasons why you win and uh, lose deals? There's a lot of information in that that typically actually is not taken into consideration. Most sales reps uh, like to forget the deals they, they didn't close. <laughs> and typically, a lot of deals are never closed in the yeah. CRM. They are just uh, left open. But, but in that information, there's a lot of things to be learned that can improve your, your sales process. So And that that... Of course, feedback, but it's, you need the feedback, but then you need to be constructive about what you do about it. So sort of have a learning perspective on, on, on your management. I mean, looking to the future, um, obviously we've discussed you know, kind of the increasing use of data and you know, the CRM and, and that we're more reliant upon these tools. Are there kind of tools coming down the pipeline? Well, probably wrong, wrong, to, wrong use of the word, but uh, are, there, are there tools which you anticipate um, in the future are going to further develop? The way we, we we conduct sales or sales management. Yeah. I think maybe a lot, lot of the the technology is actually in place. It's like with COVID, we, we we've had Microsoft Teams, Zoom, and we've had all the technology uh, for a lot of years, but we weren't forced to to use it. By that, we we also have never never been forced to. To, to, learn, to, to learn and develop how we use it. I think today most of the technology is, is available. Then the, the question is to what extent it is implemented and also made user-friendly. So I can see that there's, there's a lot of uh, sales technology today available for different parts of the sales process. Uh, still, um, I, it's often hard for, for a sales manager to get an, a comprehensive view over how they are perform, performing in different steps. Uh, so I think that the technology is there, but still a lot of uh, sales managers do not have access to these user-friendly dashboards that gives them a, a comprehensive and, and up-to-date view of how they are performing. And then uh, 
once you get that in place, you can be really strong in your in your coaching and your, your improvement of how you work with sales. So I guess it's about the implementation of technology. It's not like here's, here's a shiny I, new I, thing. I think no. I think right now we are the technology has moved fa much faster than practice. Mm. So there's a lot to do when it comes to to implementation. Even even though that goes uh, fast today, I still there, there's a lot to do. Like, like I said that. Again, as the sales function, one of the uh, last in the firm uh, to be digitalized and then put under effectivization pressure. So a lot will probably happen the, the, the next few years. But I don't see any, any radical technology leaps in, in, uh, on the technology side, more, not, more, on the, the, more, more on the application side. Yeah. We're not going to all suddenly kind of go augmented reality glasses and... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's you've got both augmented reality and virtual reality, but we don't see a lot of customers in our network who has been able to implement and, and utilize this during the, the during COVID nineteen. So you're you're still at a sort of a very basic level of remote and distance interactions when it comes to demoing and presenting products as as compared to what technology you 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 can access but if you were to look at the best ways that say sales managers or companies could prepare for a sort of unforeseen future and also the last couple of years has been very hard to actually prepare for or put any systems in place we've been reactive rather than proactive but we now understand more of the problems in terms of the challenges of working in, in technology what are the, your kind of top tips for companies in terms of preparing sales managers for the unknown? I, I think in in general, and that's something we've, um, you know, I come from a I'm a research background at ProSales, my previous company. We we preached a lot the the importance of staying up to date, and at the same time, we discussed uh, that sales managers are seldom in a position where they can devote a lot of time. To, to staying up to date. They, they, their calendars are fully booked. They both work with sales. They, they coach and support their, their sales reps. But I would say that uh, still, those who manage to find some time and some solutions to stay updated, to get the latest research and the latest updates on, on trends and what is happening out there, both with respect to technology, change behaviors, societal changes, those perform better. Because they are always uh, they're, they're prepared. They they um, may not have all the solutions, but they, they are at least prepared that something new might happen. And we sometimes say that that this category of sales management they have the the ability to see around corners. And looking at lo looking at COVID nineteen, there are actually I think there are those who came out of this better and those who came out with worse. If you look at what, what really ha happened was that trends that were already put in motion several years ago, they were just accelerated by COVID-19. So it's not like COVID-19 invented the distance meeting. <laughs> look, we've got uh, Zoom suddenly. <laughs> right. Or uh, that, that uh, we got e-commerce yeah. uh, as a result of COVID-19. No, they, they were just accelerated. And there were a category of, of firms and, and management and, and sales managers who have been more updated, who have uh, gotten the information, they knew about the e-commerce trend, they knew about the remote selling trend, the social selling trend, and some of them even acted on this several years ago. 
and they were much more prepared. So I would say that, that finding ways to staying up to date, having access to, to relevant, trustworthy data and projections about the future is really something that could sort of future-proof your, your sales organization. So it's, it's a mindset, basically, staying curious and staying Definitely. open-minded. Yeah, just, and just by deciding to sometimes look outside your sales organization, not devote all of your time to internal issue and, and your sales performance, to, to sometimes just step out of the, out of the box. What's yeah. happening in the wider world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And just taking part in external activities might be uh, the, sort of the easiest and, and cheapest solution. And uh, having someone uh, provide you with projections of the future and, and uh, uh, data and, and trends and analysis is somewhat more complicated, maybe, but a more ambitious version. Forewarned is forearmed kind of thing. Yeah. Well, that's, I'm very glad you said that because in the next episode, we're going to be discussing sales management development, its, right. its role and uh, its importance, how we apply it, the importance of flexibility and, and speed and in training. Yeah. So I'm very much looking forward to that conversation. Me too. Thank you. If the topics discussed in this podcast have given you more questions, get in touch with us and we'll do our best to get you the answers.